Hi, welcome back to North Star Big Book. This is Carly, Recovered Alcoholic. We are in episode 31, step 10. I am excited because this is my favorite step in the whole program. It completely changed my life, and I'll tell you how before we begin. Um, I did not know how to do a step 10 until um, six and a half years ago. I was 13 years sober. I had gotten through one through nine. I did not know how to do step 10. By the time I gotten through one through nine, the sponsor that took me through stopped taking me through, and I would copy her big book um, underlining and highlighting while she was in the other room hanging out with her boyfriend. And um, it was to no fault of anyone. I just didn't know about step 10. And it wasn't like it wasn't in the book. It was. I just had no clue, and people didn't talk about it. Um, I did a third of step 11. I would do the 11-step the checklist at the end of the night, and I did... The best of my ability, step 12, carrying the message. But from my experience, I cannot effectively carry the message if I'm not living it myself. So I wasn't living 10 or two-thirds of 11. And I think just because I was helping other people in through the book was the only reason I was able to stay sober. But every about year, year and a half, wherever I lived and whoever my sponsor was, I would say to them, I need you to listen to my fifth step because I have to do another fourth step because my hallway kept getting blocked off. Um, Because I did not inventory ever during the day and at the end of the night I didn't inventory but I didn't do anything about it. So when I had asked one of my sponsors, Kevin, to lead for me on December 28th, six years ago, he came out and led at Northeast, which is this really big old meeting, and I was working with girls, but I didn't have a sponsor that was doing anything with me in the book and she was just kind of like a name sponsor and I didn't have anyone that was giving me anything or teaching me anything. I only listened to leads on recordings, um, and I was really hungry. And when he spoke, he hammered step 10, and it was like the top of my head. I say the top of my head blew off and opened up, and I could hear everything he said. And when it was over, I was just blown away, and I said to him, I, I, I want what you have. And I followed him around and I made him sponsor me and it took like a year and a half for him to admit that he would be my sponsor. But in that year and a half, he taught me how to 10 step. He also taught me how to sponsor with the 10 step and it made all of my life better. Um, Sponsoring, I didn't have to listen to girls for 40 minutes on the phone anymore. I would say, you need to do an inventory and send it to me. We would start with the feelings and look at the facts and then get to the solution and it was amazing. I started doing that in my life and my entire life changed, my entire sobriety changed. I have not made a decision in the last six years, six and a half years without doing step 10. Um, Sometimes the decisions I made with doing step 10 ended up being ones that weren't right, Um, but they were ones that I made through inventory, prayer, and meditation. And it's been a a game changer for me. So we're on step 10. um, And I always talk about step 10 as like, if four through nine are giving me the tools of how to inventory, how to share it with somebody in God, how to go to my higher power and get ready and be willing to let it go, how to ask to let it go, how to figure out if I owe an amends and how to change something in step nine. And then the last part of <clears throat> step 10 is giving the gift away and going out and seeking somebody else. I think of step 10 is like a pocket knife of four through nine. And I get to carry around the pocket knife with me all day long on my journey in life. And when I get angry or afraid, because those are really the only feelings I feel, I stop and I take out my pocket knife and I use my tools of inventory, sharing, praying, asking, figuring out what I need to change and then changing it. And I do that from what I just learned in 4 through 9. 
We're going to start on the bottom of 83. And they, we just got finished talking about how to make amends to everybody in our life and that um, this is how we go out and, and repair the damage we've done. And I was told that I cannot effectively live in the present if I'm haunted by the past and I need to get through my ninth step in order to be free. And if I don't do that work, I won't be free. I also want to share that once I start on step nine, I immediately start on step 10 and I start working with whoever I'm working with and explain to them how to do 10 and 11 on a daily basis. In the beginning, first month or two, they're going to be rusty. It's going to feel awkward. They're going to not know how to do it and it's going to be hard and they're going to tell me that it doesn't feel natural um, or they feel like they're being forced to look for things that they don't necessarily see. And I always tell them it just takes a little while to get used to it. Now I can do it in three minutes. I can do it at the computer while I'm at work. If I get resentful, I can do it on my phone, um, in the bathroom, you know, while I'm going to the bathroom, I can, it takes me minutes. I can do it on the phone. I can do it in person. Um, I personally like to write it out. It helps me get it all out and I'll share how I do that. But we're going to start on the bottom of 83 because these are the promises of step nine. It says, if we are painstaking, the word painstaking means diligent. So if we are diligent about this phase, I underlined this phase and I wrote step nine. So I have to be diligent about step nine. I wrote on the other side, have to do first nine steps in order to get the promises. So this is the promises that they read in meetings a lot. Um, I don't like hearing them because oftentimes people don't read the last paragraph of the promises. And people that come to AA just think, oh, all I have to do is go to AA and I'm going to get all those things, which is what I thought. And I didn't get them. And um, what the book tells me is I will get these as long as I've worked 1 through 9 and I continue working 10, 11, and 12. It says, of our development, I underlined, we will be amazed before we are halfway through. I underlined halfway through and I wrote, with our amends. They're not saying with our day, with our life. They're saying halfway through with our amends. So I'm going to start becoming amazed when I get halfway through my 8th step list. That's what they're telling me. We are going to know a new freedom and a new happiness. We will not regret the past nor wish to shut the door on it. On the bottom of 83, I wrote, Description of living a spiritual life. Description of living a spiritual life. So this is what happens when I live a spiritual life. And this is also the ninth step checklist. So if I'm, I wrote ninth step checklist, which means if I don't feel that I'm getting these things, it's because I'm probably not doing eight and nine correctly. It says, we will comprehend the word serenity on the top of 84, and we will know peace. No matter how far down the scale we have gone, we will see how our experience can benefit others. On the top of the page, I wrote step 10, and I wrote walking around all day step. Walking around all day step, and then I wrote the word inventory. So step 10 is for living. If 9 is to take care of my past, 10 is to take care of my take care of my present so if nine I'm working on clearing out my hallway 10 I'm in my hallway living my life and in the moment when I mess up or I get upset or I stumble on something or someone makes me mad or I get afraid about something I need to stop and do a step 10 and through that I'm going to change my thinking so inventorying helps me change my thinking. When I inventory my feelings and I lay it out on the table and I look at the facts and I share that with my sponsor or another person in my support group who's also living that life, they are able to offer their own perspective on what they're seeing when I share that. And they're also there to help me remember what I need to be focusing on. 
So it says, that feeling of uselessness and self-pity will disappear. And above disappear, I wrote the word how, question mark. Like, how is that going to happen? Because that's how I lived. I, I felt useless and self-pity all the time. The book tells me it's going to disappear. And I wrote how. And then I wrote because the next before the next word. I wrote because we will lose interest in selfish things and gain interest in our fellows. So the way that we're going to lose self-pity and uselessness is by reaching out to somebody else. So if you've ever complained to your sponsor and you've got a good sponsor and they tell you about someone that needs help or someone that needs a ride or someone that needs a checkup, then that is because they're trying to guide you to get out of yourself. And you might be like, I feel like you didn't even listen to what I said. And they did. They just know that you're in your own head and you need to get out of your head and you're going to feel better when you do that. Um, I underlined our whole attitude and outlook upon life will change. And above change, I wrote new mind. So I get to see my same world, but with a different mind. I get to see how my dad might behave in a way that appears that he doesn't have a lot of emotional maturity or know how to communicate with me about things that are hard. And um, instead of just getting mad at him about it, I get to be reminded when I do an inventory, especially if I do an inventory with my sponsor who heard my fifth step, to be reminded about what his childhood was like and what why he might not have those same skills that I do. And that's not an excuse for why he behaves or doesn't behave the way I wish he would. But it's a reminder for me to help me zoom out and get a better, better look at the picture instead of just what I'm seeing. <clears throat> and it says, fear of people and of economic insecurity will leave us. I underlined, we will intuitively. Intu- intuitively is referring to intuition, which is inside of me. Which means if I clear away what's blocking me in my hallway, I'm going to have guidance and direction within myself. I'm going to hear the right thing to do or know the right thing to do. And that's because the power is within myself. We will intuitively know how to handle situations which used to baffle us. We will suddenly realize that God is doing for us what we could not do for ourselves. And then this is the paragraph that people don't always read. Are these extravagant promises? So the first 100 men and women wrote the promises after they wrote this part of the program out on the steps. And then they wrote back to each other, do you guys think this is too much? Are we promising them too much? And I wrote on the side, first 100 members, next to the word we. So where it says, are these extravagant promises? I underlined promises and I wrote ninth step. So are are, are these ninth step promises too much are we promising them too much and then we which is i wrote first 100 members we think not that's what they said i underlined they are being fulfilled among us and then i underlined the rest of the paragraph sometimes quickly sometimes slowly so above sometimes quickly i wrote the word spiritual experience and we talked about that earlier on that that can happen really quickly that happened to bill w um it can be like a holy crap moment where you're like wow i didn't even know that that was going on and you just see it So that's either going to happen quickly through a spiritual experience and above sometimes slowly I wrote spiritual awakening. And then I underlined they will always materialize if we work for them. I circle the word if and I circle the word work. I wrote on the side guarantee in big letters. They are the first 100 men and women are guaranteeing the reader that if you do this work, you are guaranteed to change is either going to happen quickly or slowly. I also wrote on the side, in the I wrote a big letters, if, I wrote that big, if, and then I wrote continue to take inventory. So they're only going to materialize as long as I continue to take inventory. So the promises started to come true for me, 
But then I didn't continue to take inventory, and then I started to feel stale, like stagnant water, and that's when I would always go to the inventory back, the fourth step, because I knew the solution was inventorying, but I didn't even know about the daily solution of daily inventorying. And so when my water got stagnant and my hallway got stuck and stuffy and yucky, I knew I needed to clean it out, but I never knew that the solution was to daily clean it out. It's just like I heard a long time ago that it's a spiritual practice to put away your pants and your sweater at the end of the day. That it's so easy to take off your clothes and lay them on a chair or lay them on the bed. Um, but folding them up and putting them away or putting them in the laundry is a spiritual practice because it's taking care of what you need to take care of in that moment so you don't have to take care of it later on. And that's what the whole 10 step is about. So the book promises me right there that I'm going to get this guarantee of a spiritual change and all I have to do is work for them. And now we're on step 10. So above this next paragraph, I wrote step 10. And it says this thought, and I underline this thought, the thought they're talking about is what we just read. The thought that if I work for them, I'm going to get them. They're saying this thought brings us to step 10, which suggests we continue. I underline the word continue. To take personal inventory. Above inventory, I wrote four through nine. That We just learned how to do that. And on the top of the paragraph, I also wrote daily program of action. So the fourth step is a big deal. The fifth step is a big deal. We learn how to do all these. People talk about them in meetings all the time. People talk about the how scared they are about the amend step. But the daily program of action is daily taking care of my stuff. If I've just weeded my entire garden in a big overhaul... I want to daily take care of the weeds so they don't get overwhelming again. This is about daily taking care of my little area. So it says, we continue to take personal inventory, I underline, and continue. And I wrote next to that, continue, the word, I wrote 24-7, so that's how often I have to do it. Continue to set right any new mistakes. I underline new mistakes. And above that, I wrote step 10. So step 9 deals with old mistakes. Step 10 deals with new mistakes as we go along. We vigorously, that word vigorously is an action word. So I underlined vigorously and I wrote above it action. And the word commence means to begin. So we vigorously began, I underlined this way of living. And above this way of living, I wrote step 10. So they're saying, like, we just learned how to do this in 4 through 9. It was awkward. It was a lot of work. And now we're going to daily do it in 10. As we, I underlined, cleaned up the past. I underlined, cleaned up the past, and I wrote above that step 9. That sentence blasts out anybody in AA that tells you, that you can't do step 10 until you've completed step 9. The book tells me that I vigorously begin the way of living of step 10 as I clean up the past in step 9. They they now want me to multitask. That as I'm working on my old amends, I need to work on my daily mess. We have entered the world of the spirit. Next to that I wrote through steps 1 through 9. So 1 through 9 is the ticket entry into the world of the spirit. The world of the spirit is only available in 10, 11, and 12. So I'm just entering the carnival. Our next function, now they're telling me what else I have to do. They don't, they don't tell me to relax. Our next function is to grow, and I circled to grow in understanding and effectiveness. So that also contradicts that idea that all I have to do is stay sober. Because they're telling me right now, my next function is to grow in understanding and effectiveness. And I wrote on the side, next thing we are to do. So if you want to know what to do after step nine, the book is telling me I need to do step 10. And while I'm doing step 10, I need to work on growing in understanding and effectiveness. 
How can I be more effective? When I get resentful that somebody acted a certain way, what are the facts? Am I being dishonest and selfish about something? What can I change? How can I expect this to go differently so I don't keep getting upset and behaving poorly? This is not an overnight matter. So they're telling me that this is not going to go away in one night. I underline it should continue for our lifetime. And I wrote next to that 24-7. So if you want to know how long to do step 10, it tells me in the book for my lifetime. And then I underlined the rest of the paragraph. And these are the directions. So I wrote on the side instructions. This is how to do step 10. I'm going to go over it and then I'm going to do an example. So I underlined continue to watch. And above continue to watch, I wrote step four. That's where we learned how to continue to watch. For selfishness, dishonesty, resentment, and fear. So that's where we look for those in step four. I circled the word when because it doesn't say that every single time I'm going to get resentful, selfish, dishonest, or afraid, I'm going to cause harm. Okay? And it also tells me they are going to crop up. They don't say if. It says when. They, They will. When these crop up. I circled, we ask God. It doesn't say my sponsor, it says God. We ask God at once to remove them. And above at once to remove them, I wrote six and seven. So four is where I inventory what I'm, what's in my way, the resentment, the fear, the dishonesty, the selfishness. Six and seven, I ask God to remove them. And remember, I, I have to be willing to do that. So I picture myself in my hallway and I, I picture whatever I'm upset about in the middle of my hallway and I ask God to help me let it go. It says, we discuss them with someone. Above someone, I wrote step five. It doesn't say we discuss them with ourselves. We discuss them with someone immediately. It doesn't say tomorrow or next week or next year or in a month. We discuss them with someone immediately. That's step five. And make amends quickly. And I circle the word if we harmed anyone. Above harmed anyone, I wrote eight and nine. So they're not even promising me that I'm going to harm everyone every single time that I get upset. Because sometimes I'm going to do this 10th step before I even cause harm. Then we resolutely, the word resolutely means marked by firm determination. Marked by firm determination. So we resolutely turn our thoughts to someone we can help. And I wrote next to that, Pointing towards step 12. This is pointing me towards step 12. Because they know that if I only look inward and I don't seek outward to help somebody else, that I'm going to just go right back to inward. Love and tolerance in a circle of others is our code. And I want to go through all this. So you just have 4, 6, 7, 5, 8, 9, and 12. And that's all rolled up into step 10. So I'm going to give an example. I am in Virginia at my husband's house and all of his kids are sick and he's sick. And I knew this coming here. Um, and I prepared myself to be like really positive and helpful and all that jazz. Um, but it's, it's exhausting. Um, so am I resentful? So resentment again means to rethink or refeel. I feel everything multiple times. So, Am I resentful? Yeah, I wish I was in Cleveland. I wish that it was a fun weekend. I wish that I wasn't annoyed. Um, And I also don't feel good. Am I afraid? Yes, because I'm afraid it's always going to be like this, which is something I do. I do always or never a lot. Um, I'm also afraid because I miss my own kids and it feels yucky that I'm taking care of someone else's kids and not mine. 
Um, Am I being dishonest? Yes, because I am divorced and part of my custody is that my kids are with their dad every other weekend, which they need to be because they love their dad and their dad loves them and it's a super important relationship and it's dishonest of me because I couldn't even be with them in Cleveland right now even if I wasn't here. So that's dishonest. It's also dishonest for me to say that I'm always going to be like this. It is not always like this. And they're younger than my kids, so they're harder to deal with. And as they grow up, it'll get easier. Um, it's also dishonest because I know that when my kids and I are all sick in the future, which we will be inevitably, that my husband's going to come and take care of us and it's going to be the exact same opposite. And he'll be super kind and respectful and way... I think easier than I am. Um, am I selfish? Yes. I never really enjoy doing something that isn't enjoyable. And so internally, I don't want to be doing this, but um, it's selfish for me to think anything other than that. And um, to complain in my mind is even selfish. And to not be grateful for the opportunity because he helps me out 100% of the time when we're in Cleveland. So that's the fourth step. Um, I identify the feeling. I'm doing this right now. I didn't get in a fight with anybody. I'm just taking my temperature, using this muscle, keeping it strong. I call it a 10-step check-in. So I will do a 10-step when I get upset or afraid. That's easy to spot. I'm angry, I'm afraid, I can do a 10-step. Or I can't stop thinking about something. I can do it in the moment immediately. I also do a 10-step if there's nothing that's going on but I do one every single day called a 10-step check-in if I have nothing going on to keep that muscle strong so I'm really good at it. So by the time I do need to use it, I can use it. I already had to do one earlier today because I was upset about something. So I'm doing this before I've caused any harm. I'm going to take a moment and breathe. I'm going to picture my hallway that I work really, really hard to make beautiful and clean and organized. And in my hallway is my husband who's miserable and sick and his kids who are the same and me who has this opportunity to be of service and my kids who are in Cleveland and I'm going to say to my higher power, can you take them all out of the hallway so I can hear your voice, not mine or theirs? And I take a moment and I really picture that. That's six and seven. I want to change. Eight and nine is about amends. Do I own amends? So I write the word amends In this moment, I have not caused anybody harm, so I do not owe anybody a direct amends, but amends also means to repair damage done or to change. And there is always something within myself I'm capable of changing since I'm the only person who can change. And one of my sponsors uses this acronym called BEEP, B-E-A-P. It's not spelled like beep the horn, but um, it stands for breath, breathe, expectations, attitude, and perspective. So I'll go through that. So I'm going to change my breathing. I'm going to breathe, which I often forget to do. And then I'm going to change my expectations. And I write the word, the letter E. How can I change my expectations? I'm going to expect the rest of the night is going to go pretty much the same way it went all day yesterday and today. And everyone's going to be yucky. And my husband's going to be cranky and tired and whiny and it's not going to be a fun, wild evening. I'm also going to expect that tomorrow is going to be similar and it's just going to be a weekend where I get to show up. 
my attitude, which is A, how can I change my attitude based on the facts of what I can expect? My attitude is I want to make my partner feel like he has a real partner so he can stop apologizing to me for how yucky things are and so I can just hug him and love him and be there for him and that I'm creating memories and love in the bank with my stepchildren so they know that I'm there for them. And P is my perspective. My perspective is how can I change my perspective? Well, one, like I already said, I know for sure my husband would do the same for me when my kids are sick and I'm sick. And he's going to be with me next weekend when I'm going to get surgery. And he's going to come in and help take care of me, which I've never had a partner in my life do that, which is amazing. But the other perspective I have is one of his really good friends just found out last week that he has um, a pretty serious cancer. And I read his writing about it. And I think to myself... Um, he would do anything for this weekend. If this was his problem, he would pay all the money he had in the bank for this problem. So that gives me real perspective. And the last part of step 10 is others. Who, When I'm done doing the 10 step, I'm going to call who just called me. That's why I was like pausing. I'm going to call that person back and check in with them. And, and then I'm going to go downstairs and be nice to everybody and make sure I can make this day good. So that's a step 10. It took me three, four minutes at the most to explain that to you. It takes me less to to type it out on a computer or send it in a message. Um, so that's how I do step 10. And then I it changes me and it kind of like, I'm like going the wrong way on the freeway and it like makes me pause and like recalculate. You know how like Surrey says rerouting when you turn the wrong way and then it gets me back on the right track. The bottom paragraph is a 10th step, is a 10th step promises. So I wrote on the bottom 10 step promises and I also wrote that on the top of 85. And we have ceased, which means stopped, fighting anything or anyone, even alcohol. For by this time, above for by this time, I wrote halfway through step nine. So halfway through step nine, while I'm working on step 10, the book promises me sanity will have returned. So I underlined sanity will have returned, and I circled the word sanity. And I wrote on the side, sanity returns. So now I'm no longer insane. They talked about insanity in step two. They did not mention it again until step 10. So they're saying once I made the decision in step three to go ahead with the work, and I did the work in four through nine, and then I started daily cleaning up my life, I'm going to become sane when it comes to alcohol and in other areas of my life. We will seldom be interested in liquor. If tempted, we recoil from it as from a hot flame. On the bottom of that, I wrote, psychic change has happened. Psychic change has happened, which means if I am, when I'm tempted or if I'm tempted of alcohol, if my next thought isn't, oh my God, I could never, it would ruin everything and I would lose everything. But my next thought is, oh, I wish I could then that means that the psychic change has not happened and I probably am still blocked off and I need to go do some more work. It says, we on the top of 85 react sanely and I circled that sanely again and I wrote on the side, given sanity by step 10. On the top of 85, I have 10 set promises written down. I wrote perspective on life changes. Perspective on life changes. One of the most beautiful parts of this program is, for me, the ability to get perspective, to always look for the gift. One of my favorite people in AA, Ro Eugene, who died sober, she said, you must find the gift in every situation, even the hard ones. Find one gift. And um, it really does change everything when I look for the gifts. Because I don't believe God gives me hard situations, but I believe God gives me support that I need and everything I need to get through them, and I need to find the gifts. And, and step 10 is about cleaning up the wreckage of my present. 
It says, sanely and normally, and we will find that this has happened automatically. We will see, and above this I wrote, through working one through nine. So above the sentence I wrote, through working one through nine. We will see that our new attitude toward liquor, and above liquor I wrote, and life, has been given us without any thought or effort on our part. It just comes. So while I'm busy working on the solution, God's going to help me change my attitude. That is the miracle of it. I circled and underlined, we are not fighting it. They're reminding me here again, I don't need to fight anymore. If I'm fighting somebody in my life, I need to just stop talking and stop yelling and stop arguing and stop being defensive because the book tells me that I don't have to fight anybody anymore. Neither are we avoiding temptation. We feel as though we have been placed in a position of neutrality and I circled safe and protected. And I wrote on the side, daily program of action. We have not even sworn off. Instead, the problem has been removed. And above been removed, I wrote through the steps. It does not exist for us. We are neither cocky nor are we afraid. That is our experience. I underline, that is how we react so long as we keep in fit spiritual condition. And I I put a star next to that sentence. And I wrote the word if above that. Now they're going to, they went from the 10 step promises to the 10 step warning. So above the next paragraph, I wrote 10 step warning. It is easy. This is the first 100 men and women. It is easy to let up on the spiritual program of action. I underlined spiritual program of action and I wrote 10, 11, and 12. That is a spiritual program of action. It, they're telling me it's easy to stop doing 10, 11, and 12 and rest on our laurels. Laurels is our past successes. It's easy to rest on the things we did in the past and not have to worry about daily spiritual work. I underlined, we are headed for trouble if we do, for alcohol is a subtle foe. And above the word alcohol, I wrote alcoholism, same thing. Alcoholism is a subtle foe. We are not cured of alcoholism. I underlined, what we really have is a daily reprieve contingent on the maintenance of our spiritual condition. And I highlighted that word daily. And I wrote above it, I wrote freedom. I underlined every day is a day when we must carry the vision above. I underlined the vision and I wrote next to that of being spiritually fit. Of God's will into all our activities. How can I best serve thee? Above that I wrote, I underlined how can I best serve thee? And I wrote part of step 11. So we're going to start asking that in our step 11. How can I serve you, God? Thy will not mine be done. These are thoughts which, which must go with us constantly. I underline that word constantly. So it's not once a month. We can exercise our willpower. I underlined our willpower and I circled that. And I wrote power of our mind. And I wrote, get will back. So now they're telling me I can use my mind. They're saying I'm sane and I can use my mind today. As long as my mind is aligned with God's mind. So I pray and I ask God, help me see what you want for me. Along this line, all we wish, it is the proper use of the will. And we're going to stop right here. I just wanted to say one more thing and then next week we'll start on 85. Um, I wrote on the side, life and death, next to step 10 warning. And I wrote, mental obsession, mental obsession will stay removed, will stay removed contingent on staying spiritually fit. The mental obsession will stay removed contingent on staying spiritually fit. My electricity will turn on contingent I pay my bill. It's black and white. If I work on 10, 11, and 12, I will not have the mental obsession. If I do not work on 10, 11, and 12... I will believe the lie, the mental obsession will come back, and I'll pick up a drink, and I'll die.
We're going to stop right there. This is my favorite step. I'm so excited that you guys are studying it with me, and I hope you have an amazing week. It's up to you.